Good morning. Welcome to worship. Well, this is uh, an exciting day for us here at Mount Olive. We're going to have a majority youth-led worship today. So uh, we're real excited about having a lot of our young people involved in our worship service today in all varieties of ways, including the assisting minister, our children's message, and helping with communion distribution, and all of our music is going to be led by the youth today. So I'm really excited about all that. Come on down, youth. Come on up, y'all. I have a picture here. Who do these people look like? Yeah, they do look like kings and queens. What do kings and queens do? They, yeah, they rule the land, and they also make rules. So, I have a question. If you guys were kings and queens, what would your number one rule be? Yeah, to take what you need? Anybody else? Okay, well. Those are, that was an interesting rule you came up with. In the Bible, it talks about how Jesus is our king. Jesus taught that loving one another, even people we don't get along with, is really important. Have you guys heard of the golden rule? Yeah. It says, treat others the way you would want to be treated. So how do you guys want to be treated? Like at school or with your friends? What? Nicely? Anything else? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes, that is a great way to be treated, but also to treat others. So when you're at school and stuff, just think we want to be treated nicely to others. Yeah. Okay, let's do a repeat after me prayer. Dear God, we want to treat others with love, as Jesus taught us to do. Help us do that well. And all God's children say, 
So today, I have a Rice Krispie treat to remind you to treat others the way you want to be treated. Our first reading is from Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 21. After Jacob's death, the brothers of Joseph begged for forgiveness for the crime they had, used, they had done against them. You intended to do me harm, Joseph said, but God used this as an opportunity to do good and save many lives. Hear now God's word of hope for his people. Realizing that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers said, what if Joseph still bears a grudge against them, against us and pays us back in full all of what the wrong we did to him? So they approached Joseph saying, your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and they did the wrong in harming you. Now therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell before him, and said, We are your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to harm me, God intended it for good, in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel is from the 18th chapter of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. And therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back everything. And the servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on the knees and begged, be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in and he said, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all your debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he paid back all he owed. And this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. The gospel of our Lord. I invite you to join me today as we enter in our time of meditation today in praying the Holy Spirit prayer. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. I was just thinking, who am I that I should be standing before you today and speaking an authoritative word on forgiveness? Hmm. 
Even a, even a pastor of the church struggles with this part of our lives. I know that there are some times in my lives when I have found it extremely difficult to forgive someone. I don't know about you, but I'm sure that all of us have had times and moments where we have struggled with the ability to even entertain what it means to forgive someone. I think there should be a whole entire sermon series on the practice and the topic of forgiveness. It's such a multifaceted, such a, such a complex practice in a certain sense. I don't, even know if, I don't even know if it's a practice, but it's a complex practice and discipline to live into. And I can tell you that just one little 15-minute talk today is going to be hardly do any justice to this topic today. I do know, as a person of faith who believes in Jesus, who follows Jesus, who says that I'm a follower of the way, that forgiveness is meant to be a way of life for us. It's supposed to be central to our understanding of God and one of the primary things that Jesus came to share with us and practice amongst us. Now, maybe that's an easy thing for God. Maybe that's an easy thing for Jesus. It's not always easy for us human beings. But for Jesus, it was and it is a central component of what it means for us to have the kingdom of God come near to us. Jesus said that many, many times. All throughout his ministry, he would oftentimes, he would always qualify a statement by saying that the kingdom of God has come near to you. Every time that Jesus is preached, every time that Jesus is proclaimed, there is forgiveness. When we come to this holy table and we celebrate Holy Communion, we receive forgiveness. And I would like to think that in a certain sense, and like to believe that when we receive that forgiveness, that there is a sense of release, that there's a sense of freedom. And I think for people who have authentically experienced forgiveness, and have actually had the actual experience of having forgiven somebody for a wrong in their life, I do think that there is a sense of a feeling of being released from a burden, released from a heavy, heavy chain or something that's been lingering there in our lives. And that's what forgiveness is. It's a sense of release. It's a sense of freedom. I know that also that Jesus, there was a multitude of times that Jesus throughout his ministry extended forgiveness throughout his ministry. And one of the more notable ones that I think of in particular is the encounter that he had with the woman caught in adultery, which I find kind of oddly contradictory in the sense that the reality is when it comes to adultery, it takes two to tango, doesn't it? Where was the guy? He was just as guilty of this offense as she But Jesus challenges the stone throwers and he says, the one who is without sin amongst you should be the first to throw a stone at her. And of course, upon hearing that, they drop their stones and they turn and walk away, leaving only Jesus and the woman, wherein Jesus addresses her and says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Then neither shall I condemn you. Go and from now on do not sin anymore. I really believe that was a profound moment of forgiveness for that woman. I also think about the parable of the prodigal son. One of my favorite, if you had had to ask me what my favorite 
parable in the Gospels, I would say that the parable of the prodigal son is my favorite of all. It's one of the most wonderful illustrations of the kingdom of God that Jesus gives us regarding the gracious and generous forgiveness of God. And the image that I have that continues to always be in my mind is this image of a father who's standing on his porch, kind of out there in the middle of Montana someplace, you know, out looking across the great expanse, kind of looking out, wondering if he's ever going to see his son coming home again. And then when he does see him coming towards the house, he gets up off that porch and he runs out there and he embraces his son and graciously receives him back into his life. For me, that's a profound parable about forgiveness. And of course, one of the other more profound moments that we see and we hear the words and the act of forgiveness is expressed when Jesus is hanging on the cross. And he looks down upon them and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Jesus lives and mentors forgiveness. He always has and he will always do that. It is part of the very nature of God that we see this lived out through the incarnate God in the person of Jesus. Jesus proclaims forgiveness. He offers forgiveness. He lives forgiveness. Jesus calls us at the very beginning of his ministry. He calls us to repent and believe in the good news. I think that the verse that we sing during the season of Lent prior to the reading of the gospel, return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. When I think about that phrase and when I think about God being slow to anger and being that steadfast love is really forgiveness is what it is that he extends to us and invites us to receive. And just as you know, Bryant earlier today in his prelude, the first half of his song titled As Far As the East Is From The West, Scripture tells us that when God is asked how far are your offenses from you, they are as far as the east is from the west. Carolyn Lewis, she's a professor of preaching at Luther Seminary in St. Paul. She offers up this observation and I think it's worthy of our consideration. She says that the issue is not how much or how often we are asked to forgive or should forgive. She says the act of forgiveness is already a limitless, measureless act. The act of forgiveness is already a limitless, measureless act. She says forgiveness is never not present in our lives and in our relationships. Forgiveness is never not present in our lives and in our relationships. And she says that is the issue here. She says that forgiveness is part and parcel of the kingdom of heaven. That forgiveness is a constant. That it's not optional. That it's not a choice. And yet we want it to be a choice. Because that's part of our human nature. That's part of the tension that you and I live with in our limited ability to live into forgiveness. Part of that tension that you and I live into as human beings is that When it comes to forgiveness, we want to reason with it, you know? We want to qualify it. We want to make it into a quid pro quo proposition, sort of that what's in it for me kind of thing. Well, if I forgive you, then what's the benefit for me? That's what's so hard about forgiveness for us as human beings, is that we find ourselves playing that mind game. Theologian and author Henry Nouwen, who is no longer living, 
he describes this tension in a much more poetic and creative way where he writes, he says, Forgiveness is the name of love practiced amongst people who love poorly. I think that's something for us to kind of ponder in our minds a little bit. Forgiveness is the name of love practiced amongst people who love poorly. He says the hard truth is is that all people love poorly. And so we need to forgive and to be forgiven every day, every hour. Forgiveness is the great work of love amongst the fellowship of the weak. That is the human family. Forgiveness is the great work of love amongst the fellowship of the weak. I don't know, for some strange reason, that that really resonates with me. And I'm thankful for people like Henry Nouwen, who are courageous enough to expose the hard truth about ourselves, that all people love poorly and that we need to forgive and to be forgiven every day. It's kind of like what I was talking about two weeks ago. I was reminding myself and I was reminding you that we need to keep our hearts and our minds on the things that are divine. And that's one of the fundamental reasons why you and I are in this sanctuary today is to come back to again be reminded that we are to keep our hearts and our minds on the things that are divine. It was one of the very first things that, Jesus, that God taught back in Deuteronomy chapter 5. What is it that we are supposed to do? We are supposed to love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. That was one of the very first things that God told Moses and the people. Is that you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And that you're supposed to write it on your doorposts. And you're supposed to teach it to your children. Keep your hearts and your minds on things that are divine. The hope and the promise that we can continue to claim and cling to each and every day of our lives is to continue to know and to trust that God is in our stories. That God is in our storied lives. And some of our storied lives have been a little bit rough and a little bit bumpy. And that means that we've encountered a lot of shortcomings and a lot of failures in our storied lives. And that you and I, we can be absolutely confident in our faith knowing that God has created us for good. All we got to do is look back at the creation story itself. That God looked upon us and said, it is good. That we as people and what God created is good. And we can take that confidence in our faith knowing that God created us for good with immense potential each and every day to love and to extend kindness and to be agents of forgiveness. Even if it's done rather poorly. And I can tell you, I'm one who probably doesn't do it very well myself. Once again, I'm so appreciative of the insights by Deb Thomas, who reminds us, she says that forgiveness is a process. It's the beginning of the hard work of building God's kingdom. It's not the end. I like that image of building. We know that building structures don't just happen. It takes a long time for something to come into existence. And I think in a certain sense, she's on to something when she says that forgiveness is a process. It's the beginning of the hard work of building God's kingdom. And the other thing she reminds us of is that she says that there's only, there is only the daily business of forgiveness as a slow, sustained way of life. 
For some strange reason, there's something comforting about that to know that forgiveness is a slow, sustained way of life. A practice, she says, that is enacted one layer, complicated and unsentimental moment at a time. As I stated earlier on in my time, I said that forgiveness is a multifaceted and a very complex thing, and none of us here really have, have it down pat at all. And what I have had to say to you in these last few moments is hardly doing it justice. So I'm going to leave you hanging a little bit this week with a small assignment. And I want to encourage you to live into that tension that you already live into, but continue to live into it and to consider how forgiveness, think this week a little bit, take, just take a few moments this week and think about how forgiveness has impacted and shaped your life. Try and relive some of those moments in your lives when forgiveness has, has really meant something to you. And to keep on practicing and living into forgiveness. And to love poorly, as I will continue to attempt to do as well. And along with that, to acknowledge with humility the need for forgiveness again and again, each and every day. In our relationship with God and in our relationship with one another. And as you live into that tension, be assured that God is eager and that God is willing to receive us, to forgive us, and to restore us. And that he will continue to do it again and again and again. Amen. Time for prayer. Remembering the caring and generous works of God, we pray for the church creation and the needs of our neighbors. We pray for the church, bless the missions and the ministries of diverse congregations, they, that they lift up the good news of salvation in ways that, they can, that can be understood. Merciful God. Receive our prayer. We pray for creation, send rain to the lands experiencing drought and healing to the rivers clogged with pollution. Enrich the soil for trees and plants. Protect the crops needed to feed those who hunger. Merciful God. We pray for all who govern. Encourage those in positions of power to lead with empathy. Practice forgiveness and care for those who struggle. Merciful God. We pray for our neighbors who face illness of any kind, for those strained financially, for all living with chronic pain, mental illness, the disease of addiction, or otherwise afraid or in harm's way. Protect all who cry out for mercy, especially Maxine Benoit, Carol Nelson, and Nello Rossetti. Merciful God. We pray for this congregation. Open our hearts to practice international invitation. Help us forgive each other, practice patience, and choose welcome over judgment. Move us to care for those in our community seeking refuge and safety. Merciful God. We give thanks that for the saints who died in faith, show us how to live faithfully, creatively, and lovingly in church and world. Merciful God. Receive our Remember us according to your steadfast love as we offer these and the prayers of our heart, trusting in your compassion made known through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. I invite you to join me now as we pray together the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now go forth from here refreshed, empowered to do the ministry to which God calls you. Travel lightly for you carry everything that you need. Notice God's presence in simple everyday experiences. And whenever opportunity arises, labor for the good of all and may the blessing and the joy of God, our creator, healer, and life giver, go with you today and always. Amen. Go in peace and tell what God has done.